Hi, everyone. This is the Harvest Concept Podcast, where we talk about martial arts and its connection to mind, body, and spirit wellness. I'm Sarah Schweitzer. And I'm Justin Martin. Hello, everybody. We're jumping back into the water book this morning, trying to wrap up this chapter. And so, uh, Sarah, where do you want to begin? The, this, I have the word crossing uh, circled with a question mark with your initials next to it. It just says, if it, in this case, cut his upper arms horizontally with a feeling of crossing. Mm. So in the third approach, adopt the lower attitude, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Anticipate scooping up, which I understand. When the enemy attacks, he hit his hands from below. When you do so, he may try to hit your sword down. If this is the case, cut his upper arms horizontally with a feeling of crossing. I think that it's essentially like you're um, like you're moving across his body is I think what he's talking about. You, uh, I'll send you a, a video that I have on YouTube that's it's an older DVD of uh, Dojinim doing sword cutting stuff mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the forms aren't necessarily correct on it but i'll i'll just just so you know that um the but there's sword techniques that are like upper level sword techniques and so some of this kind of stuff is in there mm-hmm. meaning that like when he's showing like these counter attacks that as this person's doing this or this movement happens then you're responding in this way and so a lot of them the, this crossing or this sideways movement is because you're getting out of the way of the sword coming down, right? And so yes. you don't want to stay there. You're moving across like their body. If that answers your question. I it think. does. I, I think also I, I didn't want to skip that because, you know, right after that, he says you will encounter this method often, both as a beginner mm-hmm. and, and later in strategy, you must train holding a long sword. Um, mm-hmm. The other word I have circled on this page is, is parry, P-A-R-R-Y, with the feeling of hitting his hands, parry the path of his long sword. And does he just mean disrupt? Yeah, kind of, yeah, parry is like a disruption. Um, okay. So like uh, he talks, I've got some stuff highlighted kind of further past this where he's talking about like the timing, the ta-dum, ta-dum, and like ta-tat, like as he's, this is like almost fencing, right? Yeah. Where they're using those little small, small swords. I can't remember what a fencing sword is called, but they, they're like tapping them out of the way to move their opponent along. Um, yeah. So that parry's kind of like a, you know, I don't know exactly what his parry is, but his parry probably is very strong. So it's not, yes. you know, he's, he's knocking something out of the, <laughs> this, this is not a small disruption. Yeah. This isn't uh, a, just a little pinging of, of his sword. Um, yeah. You know, I think that again, um, where, where the five attitudes is uh, important, I think is that you're, you're constantly reading your your opponent's attitudes and he's kind of talking through like, Hey, this is what's common. If you present this way, they're going to present this way. And so you're dealing with that situation. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I've had recently, I feel like I get in these situations where I have to, um, mentally spar my way out of stuff with people. Right. Um, and you know, it's, when I say that it's coming at somebody with an aggressive attitude or, or an optimistic open mind, you know, uh, in the situation. And 
sometimes you need that reset, but coming to someone with, you know, compliments first or, uh, taking that high road as opposed to coming at them underneath and angry and trying to rip a carpet out from underneath them and win this argument is, is a great way to come to agreements on stuff, right? Um, we're more receptive to people in that way. And so I think that, you know, again, we're talking about sword fighting here where if I hold my sword up high, you might go low, these middle attitudes, these different positions. Um, but we have to understand what the opponent, how that other person is going to respond to us back uh, when we deal with people in this way, you know? Yes. I think this is a big takeaway from five attitudes. Uh, you know, what I have moving on forward or moving forward is this, the attitude, no attitude teaching. And, you know, now we're starting to get into what we in Hamudo, the Yushim, uh, Kan Kwan or Mushim Mukwan, this quiet mind, powerful punch, no mind, no punch, spirit and so when he says however you hold the sword it must be in such a way that it's easily to cut the enemy well and so again knowing what your strengths are and being able to utilize those strengths um and again i think we've already reiterated because i'm sure it's multiple times in this book is that the primary thing when you take a sword in your hands is your intention to cut the enemy um I think that that's just a very, very important uh, statement right there that if, if we are putting this towards like sparring in class, uh, your primary intent needs to be that you're going to attack when it's time to attack, right? Um, yes. But in sparring, we also teach that defense is that um, most important thing. And so we want to defend ourselves, but when it is our intention to attack, it's time to attack. You know something I noticed yesterday? I don't know if you noticed it, but it was, like, during the um, game that we were playing. Yeah. Uh, like, like the first one, um, I would say particularly, like, the um, like the head one, because mm-hmm. people were able to be so focused just mm-hmm. on protecting their head, which is something that I think that a lot of people have a hard time with. Like, you see – especially kids, like, you see them drop their hands or whatever. But you're mm-hmm. – like, if you're not physically – doing rounds of sparring, keeping your hands up in guard position is a workout in itself, right? Sure. Yeah. And so because that was the game, not get your head tapped, everyone had their hands up and they were taking body shots that they would normally not take. Like normally they'd be like trying to block that. (laughs) They were just like taking, I mean, none of us were like kicking super hard. I mean, it was a game, right? Right. Like, so there was like safety and the fact that, Nobody was really kind of go, I mean, except for Josh. No one was like, no, <laughs> he has one speed and he's a, just a teenager. So yeah. it's a um, capable, capable speed. But, you know, everybody was, everybody had their, um, you know, had their hands up. And the same thing it, it, on the first round as well, like I noticed by limiting the target of protection, mm-hmm. they were able to really focus in a way kind of calm themselves in a way and be more thoughtful about how they attack. And also if you were the King, Mm -hmm. you, you just had to defend. You didn't have to um, attack really like your strategy could have just been a hundred percent defense. Right. Where in normal sparring, 
I mean, I know that's the number one rule, but a lot of times, you know, people are going to, they're going to want to try to attack, you know, and try to get some shots off. Um, so it was just interesting because I think it just like allowed them to be strategic in a more thoughtful way because it limited their options. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that uh, this is, it's a really fun game and I, we should probably play it more in classes, but it really works uh, with these big groups like this, um, like we had yesterday for that sparring seminar. And so <clears throat> what's, what is fun about this is you are, you are changing the rules or um, you're hyper, uh, you're putting a target on that head, right? Or you're putting mm-hmm. a target on the body. What I will say, <clears throat> and this happens a lot, maybe more with juniors, but when you say that, a lot of times they'll only try to attack that target too. Oh, <laughs> and so like with the head, yeah, adults are not like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the adults figure out that hey, I can attack to the body, and, and but you were saying that they're just taking all the body shots, and so that's not working either. Um, you know, just John. Yeah, <laughs> John. John. See, John is really fun to play in this game because John. His this is uh, how he's trained. It's how he's trained. Yeah, he's trained to be a point fighter, and so he's looking for that one target, pop, 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 and he's he's trying to get to that one spot, and that's how he's yeah how he's always fought. And so his when he's in a class where he we're just doing rounds on rounds, that's where he has to kind of adjust his strategy to fight our style, um, which is which is very interesting. I, I do enjoy sparring with John a lot. You know, it's. To me, it's it's fun uh, being in those classes, and um, it's it's fun jumping into those classes, like the moments where I get to spar with the kids and adults, and and everybody gets to see it. What I think, what is funny about it is, your uh, the kids especially. I feel like get such a charge by beating their instructors. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think it's just like a just you. like <laughs> It's, it's good. Man. <laughs> it's like the legendary like status, yeah. right? They're just, you know, they feel so good about it. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, especially um, in Dragon Tales. Oh my gosh, they will go yes. after you. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Josh too. Josh and Tristan get it pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, in the other well, that's because they give it pretty hard. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> like, there's my opportunity. <laughs> Level playing field. Look, I, I want to point touch this too because uh, here at the middle, almost the bottom of the page, uh, he says, "If you think only of hitting, springing, striking, or touching the enemy, you will not be able to actually cut him." Um, and I think that this is important because as he talks about these different um, attacking styles and as we talk about sparring back and forth, if I'm – and even having a conversation with somebody, if we're really just trying to make these distractions or I'm only blocking, my mindset goes there. So I'm sure that you sparred somebody that gets really heavy on the feints. <clears throat> so my rule with feinting is – you really just need to do it once, maybe twice. If you're carrying on a third time, then you've now shown me that like you have this slow rhythm, mm-hmm. meaning that you're not you're not really trying to trick me. You're you're concentrating on those feints, the the tricks. And so 
all of a sudden he talks about, you know, you're pushing back or you're pushing in with your spirit. And uh, later on, he's talking about uh, creating or not having gaps in between you. And so this, this attitude of like uh, parrying or slapping at trying to just get my hand out there moving, if there's no intent to it, then it becomes, uh, it becomes nothing. Um, and so I think that that's just an important thing to think about as you're sparring, uh, is that, you know, it, again, I need, I need push forward. I need power. I need spirit behind my attacks, not just a, I'm trying to reach out there and tag you or touch you, uh, feeling in them. Uh, I was going to push us forward a little bit. Um, I was heading on to page 26 and talking through uh, one of the areas that I have selected is the no design, no conception area right here. Okay. And so we're moving into these different um, ways to attack and move with the enemy. Um, some of these are attacks, some are counterattacks, and he's talking about uh, just these principles or theories behind what his system is. Um, he talks about uh, this no design, no conception. And again, this is really close to like our Mushim Muquan. Um, he's saying hit with your body and hit with your spirit and hit from the void with your hands, accelerating strongly. Uh, this is the most important method of hitting. Uh, we know that when you train something, a movement over and over and over again, your body understands that we talk about muscle memory. Uh, there's also this mental memory, right, that we're we're making these neurological neurological connections between uh, the proprioception of where our body exists in space. We understand where someone needs to be. Um, we the most advanced uh, board breaks and stuff. When someone can walk right up to a board and just break it, not have to do a practice run, anything. This is an understanding of what you have to do with your body to. Uh, move and be correct on target, right? Yes. And so, um, again, this is this no mind and striking with everything you got. Uh, and so being able to turn your body on, this takes, it takes time. And he talks about, you know, being able to understand this. Well, we understand this through practice. And um, so as you advance, as you get better and you've done thousands upon thousands of punches or thousands upon thousands of, of sword strikes, kicks, whatever it is, then you're, you're understanding those techniques and being able to use them without having to think about it is, is very, very important. Um, and, I, and I'll say that I'm going to push this right into the next one, the flowing water cut, because I think a lot of these principles uh, just tie together, even though they're separately. He says when he breaks and quickly withdraws trying to spring with his longsword. He, so he's trying to, this means it's like the uh, Star Wars. So they're Star Wars scene, Darth Vader and Luke, they're sitting here battling it back and forth and their lightsabers clash together and, and they're like <laughs> face to face, right? And yes. so uh, he says uh, the opponent's trying to spring backwards, right? He's trying to create space so he can come back and attack again. Also meaning that he's either trying to push or drive you backwards or you're pushing forward, so he's, his intent is for you to stumble or misstep forward, right? 
And he says that you need to expand your body and spirit and cut him as slowly as possible with your longsword and following your body like stagnant water. You know, he's, he's saying that you have, in that moment, you have to stop the motion, right? The motion is either forward or backwards for your body, depending on how that opponent you away or pushed you away. And you have to be able to stay in that moment. But you do this by expanding your body and your spirit. Um, we train, we say we train to balance mind, body and spirit in Hamido. And so I think that we also train to use mind, body and spirit and balance those things between us, right? And I think something when we talk about balance that's important is that when my body is getting tired, the spirit mind have to take over, right? And yes. so there's this element of classes where we cross cross boundaries. Um, meaning that you see people have to break. Um, and that means that it, when we're sparring for an hour and a half in classes, then that's a long time, right? And it's physically demanding. It's tiring. And people have to hit a wall and then they have to figure out how to go through that wall. Um, and so in that moment when your body starts going, oh, man, I can't hold my arms up anymore. Oh, man, I don't want to move anymore. My legs are tired, this, that, and the other. You have to be able to get through that moment to the other side and your spirit, your indomitable spirit or your mental clarity needs to push you through to that other side, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Fill the void, stagnant water, and, and keep moving forward. It's interesting because you just yesterday, um, that was the – you know, when I did the kickboxing class in the morning, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that was the comment was when um, there was a rest period, I just sat there and did like squats or I wasn't doing jumps or anything like that. Right. Nothing crazy. But, you know, I was still, you know, stressing my muscles mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that was my comment to the, the group because they were like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, well, we're going to spar later on. So I have to be like, this is my opportunity to stress myself um, so that way, you know, I, again, like I, I, I'm stressing myself so that later on when I'm stressed, um, my exhaustion level is, you know, intense because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, particularly in class, I don't know who I'm going to spar. You know, I could have four intense rounds, mm -hmm. right. Or I could have one intense round and three teaching rounds, you know, where I'm working with, um, and I say teaching for myself and, um, mm -hmm. and the person that I'm working with, you right. know, someone, which is what I had yesterday. And I love those rounds because I'm able to really work on things that I'm not capable or I'm, I'm having challenges with. Mm -hmm. And I also reinforce to myself and to that person some basics, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I love those rounds, but they're not, you know, they're not fatiguing. You know, they're not, um, I'm obviously not going to go full tilt on a yellow belt. <laughs> yes. Right. So there's like different levels, but I still want to make sure that I am like building that, you know, building that mental, you know, how do I push through? Right. And you can right. build that during sparring class. Absolutely. 
but you mm-hmm. can also do that in other practices. Oh, um, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would encourage people to do it in different practices because, you know, this is like running. Can't, you right? just can't wait for sparring, I guess is what I'm yeah. saying. Like you can't absolutely. just be like, well, I'm going to just wait for the sparring rounds to work on my endurance. No. Yeah. Yeah. Endurance is something that uh, I think that as a martial artist, we have to have endurance uh, really um, important. And this is, this goes to people saying, I have a gentleman that comes in to see me sometimes and he wants to know, uh, you know, the five most important self-defense techniques that I can teach him. Right. Mm -hmm. The problem is that with, with someone that's going to come in and learn five techniques, like how, how long will you really remember those techniques if you don't practice them? Right. And then on top of that, how, will you even be able to perform them in the moment, right? Um, when we talk about stressing the body, Sarah, just like what you were just saying, I was stressing my body, pre-stressing it so that I was prepared for what I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very important to push yourself beyond. So this is in, in classes, generally, if we're having sparring rounds, we'll do a minute and a half to two minute sparring rounds, Sometimes I do short one-minute rounds, but most of the time we're pushing for those minute-and-a-half, two-minute rounds in classes. And then there's an exercise in between. And look, if you've had a hard round and then you have to do 10 jump high fives afterwards, like it's not pleasant. <laughs> and like, Jump high but, fives are never pleasant, but yes. We're yeah, it, yeah, and so like having to force yourself to do something else after just having that hard round, again, gives you that mental boost of I can do this right and so you're we're trying to strengthen not only the endurance of the body which you know endurance being that I can rest and recover myself as fast as possible so I can keep going and doing uh doing this activity for longer um but also that that mental side of it right I I very vividly remember being a young taekwondo student in my in my 20s and and stepping onto the floor with higher level uh taekwondo martial artists and having a night full of sparring rounds and being like whoa that was hard you know it's so challenging and uh you know just physically just being like going to the point of exhaustion wanting to run out of the room and go vomit somewhere like uh hard work right um but the but the thing is that the more times you do that, the more times you go, hey, I can do this. I can do this. And you, you have that built-in optimism. You, you've been there before. You know that this is going to happen. Like, hey, I, ne- I need to know how I can eat. So maybe if I do, my stomach does start feeling this way, then I can get through that moment and know that it's going to be okay, right? Um, I don't recommend eating a Big Mac and going into your spark. <laughs> Your sparring class because that's bad, not going to end well. Bad plan. Bad, yes, bad, bad plan. Bad plan. Um, and, and just the like, not the fear, you know, that I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. even just your fear of I'm going to have a, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to breathe or I'm having difficulty, you know, breathing or my heart rate is up. You know, if, yeah. if that's happened to you before and you know how to bring yourself down, you know that you're going to be okay, mm-hmm. you know, that limits the fear, which also limits the anxiety, which, you know, just allows you to get back in the... I mean, there's so much energy wasted when you are afraid or anxious 
about, you know, and not focused on calming yourself down. Yeah, no, I, you're 100% correct. And again, this is that the training is this repetition of being there and realizing, hey, this is okay. And then when you experience yeah. it elsewhere in life, you can go, hey, this is okay. This is okay. It sucks, um, but it's okay. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm writing something down, a note for myself. All right. Um, so the, the next thing that I have highlighted is in the Fire and Stones cut. And he says, you cut as strongly as possible without raising the sword even a little. And he says, this means cutting quickly with your hands, body, and legs, all three cutting strongly. Um, you know, I, again, the, the beginning part of it, you cut as strongly as possible without raising your hand a little. Like, you know, there's no, there's no intention of backing up. You're, you're striking forward. But what I think is just such an important statement is, is cutting quickly with the hands, body, and legs, all three cutting strongly. He's not saying that they're moving together. Again, he's now really talking about this intention of what's happening, right? There was no, hey, the body is moving to prepare for this one kick. The body was kicking together, right? And so understanding that the body is moving together for this attack, right? Um, and so I, I think that this is, again, this is a deep pondering statement, but your, your intention with your entire body is not, let's, let's break it down into a sidekick. I'm not thinking about my left leg pivoting, my hips opening up, and my hands and back tightening to move my right leg into chamber position and then to kick. Everything is moving together to kick, right? Um, and as you, we teach techniques by breaking them down and talking about the movements that the body is making, but you have to understand that all those movements together are creating that one thing and they have to unify to make that strong attack. I'm so glad you said that because that's, I mean, so I feel like this is an, this section I underlined a lot, but it's mostly just what the, what the, the attitude, what the cut is um, mm -hmm. and how to do it. But I, I read that as like that, all like it was all going together so i appreciate mm -hmm. the fact that you're calling out that it's not that it's that everything's in that moment mm -hmm. focused on the, the cutting but not necessarily like moving together right yeah they're they're all doing their their parts right the hands right. and the legs are not doing the same thing right right but they are <clears throat> um and it's the intention of it right this is why it's doing this and so I think that that's, it's very important that you understand that and you ponder this deeply. There's so much to ponder in this section. Everything is underlined. Yes. Yes. Everything is underlined. You know, and moving on forward, another one, the, he's talking about the red leaves cut. This is, he's talking about striking the, the sword down and he bounces back to the spirit of the no design, no conception cut. Look, again, this is that no mind, no spirit striking with everything you have. Um, and so I think that, again, this is important to understand. We don't, we don't uh, practice 
hard style of fighting um, at harvest and in Hamudo. We don't see truly like we're not uh, fist fighting or like really trying to have inflict damage to our opponents, right? But what I would say is this really ties into um, like board breaking is something that we do that where we're where we're trying to put all of our energy into this uh, one technique to break something and or to damage it. And so uh, he talks about, again, this uh, no design, no conception, but also sticky feeling is another thing that I have highlighted. And he yes. talks sticky and we've talked sticky, uh, all of the things. This, it brings me to, again, back to my Taekwondo days where I, I remember this, this gentleman's black belt that was in classes with us for a while. And he had trained forever as a kid. He'd just grown up in Taekwondo. And when he was, when he would spar, he would kick, he would do things. You could see the stickiness in his kick. There was no, there was never any out of controlness. It was always every second of that movement, millisecond of that movement inches of the movement uh, as he was expanding his body out into a kick were 100% in his control. If you moved in on him, he could stop the kick, but he wasn't stopping it and letting it fall. He was still stopping it on you, right? And he could stick his foot to you. And it was just a very unsettling feeling (laughs) (laughs) of like, oh, wow, that was... That was very, that was a very good kick. (laughs) Um, But it was just, it was constant. Like there was, he could do it from anywhere. Uh, It's the same feeling with, uh, I think, Dojanem and when he does joint locking techniques to you. Yes. Um, He's, if you watch him do techniques, what's so impressive about it is how fast he moves, you know, especially when you don't assume seeing an 80 year old man that he's going to move that fast, right? Yeah. And then, you see him move and you go, wow, that was fast. But what's even worse is when you're in that situation, <laughs> I think that number one, some so it's a standing arm bar technique where his arm comes over your elbow and he would, if he wanted to, he could break your elbow really fast, right? Yeah, no. Every time I see him do anything, I think, don't ever volunteer. You don't, you don't volunteer. You get picked. Um, and the, uh, yeah, (laughs) the, um, so he, but when he does those techniques, he understands so well where he can take you to, like he understands the feeling of your body with his body. Mm -hmm. And so he knows that he can take you right to here before you're damaged, even if he's never touched you before. Right. Right. And so uh, this is, if he's teaching, that's his money, right? So he's not going to hurt you. uh, But he wants you to understand what this feels like. Right. And so he, he takes you to a a place where you go, wow, that was, that was really scary. Right. Um, It's like someone kicking at your face and knowing that they're in control, but they're not actually going to hit you. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. Right. Um, but he knows also that he can stop at any point in time. It's fast and in control as he's moving. Um, and so again, that sticky feeling is, is so important, uh, to understand. 
Well, and I think this is, again, when you're learning, one of the, one of the challenges of putting pain on someone mm-hmm. is understanding that when someone is a master of that, like you're just, let's just say joint locks, um, you know, that someone is really, really um, practiced and has that skill and is in control the entire time. Someone that is able to, you know, understand how much to go right. for that particular person and can put pain on them, but in a, in a controlled way where it's not too much. And when you're learning those locks, you know, that's, you know, one of the challenges is you don't know that <laughs> you, you know, you, you don't know any of that. And you are also sort of just kind of figuring out how to do the movement, which can be right or wrong or um, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And, Ensuring that you don't um, inadvertently, you know, hurt someone. <laughs> and I feel like there are like two types of people. To, like there's one person who uh, does too much, you know, and they'll say, well, that's because I'm supposed to put the pain on. You're like, yeah, d- no, <laughs> no. <laughs> or, uh, you know, someone who doesn't do enough because they're afraid, you know, of hurting someone. Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a balance between the between the two for sure. And, you know, I think that that's if you take if you take a group of beginners and you teach them really advanced techniques, there's going to be some different elements of some exactly like you're saying, some people just taking it to the extreme of their they think that the intent is to hurt their partner, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And just moving really fast or out of control versus um the same of like the other side of that balance is like so scared that you're going to hurt somebody that you don't feel comfortable moving slowly through the technique. Right. Fully. Um, I I think that's, I think it's a great uh, statement. You know, I, I'll also, I'll add to it because I think that, um, as we are going through kind of the rest of this, a lot of the things that I have, are again applying to this this stickiness talk that he's um, he's put throughout this book and uh, it's a lot through this cat- through this uh, chapter, but he he talks about the glue and lacquer emulsion body. Um, one of the coolest things that I've seen in probably the last decade was the Frist exhibit when they brought all the samurai um, armor and saddles and stuff. Did you? I didn't John, see it. Okay. No, it's super cool. Um, lots of, uh, I think there was some 1600s uh, pieces in there and stuff where the, it was the old school way of taking and lacquering uh, these different design elements to their armor, these patterns. And you see this a lot in like really high-end samurai swords uh, katanas and, and short swords where they would lacquer the seiyas or the sheaths with these different patterns uh, sometimes even like stingray skin that they had wow. dyed and stuff and they would just do these really crazy uh, they'd found these different materials and they'd put this lacquer or this uh, resin over it to clear coat it and it would just make it pop and like be shiny or glittery or you know spotty and to to think that we can do that now, you know, we can, the way we can print t-shirts or print on anything now, uh, is easy. But to think that these people were doing it 
back then with no technology, they figured out how to do this naturally, right? Um, and it was really just an artisan thing. Um, when he talks about this gluing yourself or lacquering uh, yourself to these people, he's, he's saying you don't separate from them. And so you're, as you're learning to do techniques and you're learning to stick your body to someone to control their movement, you have to understand that your balance and your control is what's pushing on them, right? Um, I'll say that he says you should stick firmly. And so we, as we're training, we should be firm in our movements. Uh, one thing that I'll point out in Hamudo specifically, I see it so much in kids, is uh, technique number 12 of uh, – Anquan Sul Ball, where it's a kick, it's a crescent kick, and you're supposed to be striking down to the back of the head. And so you block the punch and you're supposed to pull the person down. Well, so many kids will grab that person's <laughs> hand and be like, you're supposed to bend over. <laughs> and they don't understand the, the firmness. Or then the opposite side of that is you see them grab their hand and they jerk them so hard that they throw them on the floor and then they're not able to do the technique either. And so it's, uh, you know, that's, it's one of those uh, pet peeve techniques where it's like the, you kind of have to let the, the younger yellow belts um, have a little bit of uh, creative freedom with it. But especially as they get towards that black belt training, I I really kind of reinforce and say, Hey, this is how we're, we're going to do this, you know? Um, so, <laughs> uh, yes. It's such a good example uh, of those two types of people. Absolutely. <laughs> the it, one that's going to just <laughs> rip yourself down. Yes. <laughs> and the other person's going to be like, would you mind bending over for me, please? And the opposite is the partner of that, right? You get like the strong, stoic partner that's just right. punched and kicked and they – Grab and they're their like, arm. I'm not going down. <laughs> I'm not. Or they like get their arm yanked out of socket because they're not going to fall down. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. All right. So then he talks about applying stickiness. And so he says, you're hitting with a long sword so it does not separate easily. Like I was talking about with that sidekick, man. It, when you understand your body and proprioception, you don't just understand your body, you understand the space around your body and how you have to move within it. And that's what you have to, you have to understand this um, for your techniques to be that stickiness. Uh, he says, stickiness is firm and entanglement is weak. Again, this is this dichotomy that he talks about throughout where he's giving a, a word that says, Someone else might have used that word, right? Someone else might have used the word entanglement in their sword system. Like, I'm going to entangle the sword uh, to, to be able to apply my method to it or my way. And he says, no, entanglement's weak, right? That's not, that's not what it is. We're, we're able to sticky, stick ourselves to it. And so this, again, comes back to that truth-false uh, side of things where it's, hey, this is, this is the truth. You got to be sticky. You have to understand the method and you have to control it. Don't think that you're entangling me or twisting your sword around mine, that you're going to be able to control me in that way. I think this Uh, is also an example, like what you're just talking about, like, um, you know, when, when you're learning, when you're learning something, 
sometimes you have to make modifications because what you're doing is, you know, difficult, challenging, or, you know, that you're just, just not something that comes easy to you and recognizing that there may be this like entanglement that might get you what, what you want in the interim so that you can like work the pe- the parts and pieces, mm-hmm. but that that's not the end goal. You know, the end goal is to, to get to that stickiness level. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's, if you don't say that out loud when you're learning a technique and recognize it and say, well, this is okay. However, the goal is really this. So don't let yourself get used to <laughs> just entanglement. You need to get down to stickiness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You're continuing to, to grow as you continue your training. Look, we were talking about this earlier too, to stab the heart. He's talking about uh, being in a place where you're, you feel confined. Um, and so he says, he says it's if you're in an area like an indoor space, like, the, you know, they're talking about fighting inside houses and stuff. Um, mm. And so the, he's also talking about being tired and he says, you can't let the, the point of your long sword waver. Um, you know, you have to be strong in this. And this again, when he's, he's talking about this spirit, this indomitable spirit, he's talking about, using the force of your technique and making it perfect. He says this principle is often useful when we become tired or for some reason the long sword will not cut. Um, This is your seventh sparring round for the day, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're exhausted. You're at a place where, Hey, my body is, is starting to break down and you get put across from Josh. You get, (laughs) you get put across from the person that is, is a challenge for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, that's when you have to, again, number one, think about defending myself, but number two, I have to find a way through, right? I have, I can't let myself just go, Oh man, I'm going to cruise this one on out. Just not let Josh touch me. Right. No, that's not, that's not good enough. That's, that's not me pushing myself to be better. That's me going, how can I cruise through this? And get through this two minutes, right? Without puking on the floor or having to leave the mat. Um, but the, it's, you have to find your way through and that's that mental, uh, switch that you have to be able to turn on when things go wrong. Right. And so again, um, the endurance that we build up is for, uh, in class, but it's also the endurance that's going to push us through in our lives, right? And so when we have that situation come up that's scary, the situation that, hey, I'm tired. I, I want to I wanna give up right now. I, I don't want to finish this job. I don't want to do my best. And you to be able to catch yourself saying that and go, what are you doing? <laughs> Get up and do your best, right? I understand you're tired, but you got a little bit more in you, you know? And so understanding that you can can get through those situations and move forward. I think it's just so important. I just heard your teacher voice. Get up. What are you doing? (laughs) Thanks. You know, we're right here at the end of this book. And so I'll ask you if you have um, 
any more stuff going on here that we're we're skipping over. But I think we're kind of coming to our natural end of this episode, and uh, um, we have a couple pages left that could be talked about. Do you have any more notes that I've skipped over? You know, you've hit everything, and actually, you've talked about things that I, you know, didn't, um, you know, even realize. Uh, so I appreciate that because, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about stickiness. I think that this chapter, you know, reinforces what we what we've mentioned was something important. Um, you know, I just at the end, you know, the hand, I just have underlined, you know, teach your body strategy step by step, walk the thousand mile road. You know, I I think that yeah, that's a good you, one. You can't say enough that this methodology really is just about you know how much work um but that the details you know it's it's in the details of mm-hmm. of all these ways of um you know of, of attitudes and approaches and and married with you know with the practice yeah i again you teach your body well and you know the thousand mile road look they say 10,000 times one technique you're master of that technique and so that's a, it's, this is a journey, right? And you're going to constantly grow in your journey and again, stick, stick with it. Right. Um, I think a lot of this book was, um, also meant on the basis of strategy. Whereas we go into the fire book and we're really starting to talk about how we're, we're fighting against that opponent and the, in the ways we're doing it, um, strategically. And so, um, I think, again, this is such an important book, but a lot of it really relies on you understanding the process and, and understanding the principles of what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome, ma'am. Well, virtual high five. Virtual high five. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Bye.